0: The Lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to the Lord and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is true whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if there is anything excellent or praiseworthy think on such things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice and the god of peace will be with you Paul is is challenging the church at Philippi and he's saying rejoice in the Lord always. mm -hmm, And he speaks over here firstly, he says, be steadfast, Mm -hmm. remain in the unity, amen? That means steadfast in your faith, remain united, amen? This is an important part in this day and age that we are living in, that we need to maintain the unity of the faith. Then he goes on and he says, don't be anxious about anything. You know, in the world today, there's so many things we get worried about. You listen to the news, you listen to this reporter, that reporter, you listen to WhatsApp more than, yeah. than even the news. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the reality is, the Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. But with prayer, with make your petitions with thanksgiving known to the Lord. This is an important part in our lives that we've got to make our prayers known to the Lord. Then he goes on and he says, whatsoever is true, honest, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy, think on these things. Sometimes we are thinking on many things. Mm. But the Bible directs us how to focus our yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Because in this he's saying the things that are true, yeah. things that are noble, and are not stories, not gossip, yeah. yeah. not, not somebody's opinion, not a murmur. He says things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable. That means he thinks think on the positive things. He says, don't think on negative things, you know. Uh, the Bible says the power of life and death in your tongue. Yeah. Negativity is going to breed negativity. But uh, you've got to come to the place where you bring something that's of testimony. You know, the next time you meet somebody, tell them something that's good. Yeah. Tell them something that God has done. Yeah. Amen. You know, you, you know. sometimes if someone's coming with a negative story, you are going to say, yeah, I, I, hear, I hear you. But has the Lord done anything good? Yeah. 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 You know, or, or say, you know, I'd like to share with you also my story. Mm. And you share a testimony with them. Because I want you to understand there is something that we have to do to counter the negativity that is out there in the world. But then he goes on and he says, Whatever you have learned, received, heard, or seen in me, put it into practice. Mm. One of the challenges is that we, even we in church today, some of you are joining us online How much of what you get today, you put into practice? How much of what you hear, you receive, you see, you put it into practice? This is my desire, that the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. This is the part where we have to begin to apply what we have learned, what we have heard from the Lord, and what we are trusting God for, amen? So let's just bow our heads together.
1: Father, we come
0: to you in the wonderful name of Jesus. We understand that you are truly a great and an awesome God and that there is nothing too difficult for you. And so right now, Father, I pray over your people and over this house. We declare an open heaven over the lives of your sons and daughters. We pray, O God, that you would minister into their lives, even for those, O God, that are are listening online. Minister to them, Father. I pray today, O God, that we say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Come and touch our lives. Come and change us. Come and transform us amen. into the image of your son. So we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you. Let's just worship God together. we want to say welcome to all of you. We're going to see some faces, some old, some new. Some faces we haven't seen for a while. Amen. Yeah, we haven't seen for a while. God bless you. Amen. Let's worship God together. Amen,
2: hallelujah. Amen. This is the Lord's house and we're here to praise God and and just give Him all the praise. Amen. Because God is faithful and He said when praises go up, your blessings are coming down. Amen. Oh, come on. It's It's all about Him this morning. We give you glory. I give you glory forever.
0: From praising, from worshipping, from trusting, from believing. Oh God, from hoping, from praying, from coming before you, oh God. I pray today that you, oh God, will watch over them, that you will move them. You said you sent your word and you healed all of yes, our sicknesses. You sent your word and you healed all of our diseases. And to this morning we declare that everything that has a name, has to bow to the name of Jesus. Can you just for a few moments just open up your mouth, Open up your open your heart before the Lord. Put it in the beginning, give him praise and glory and honor. And I say, Lord, I thank you, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this moment. I declare today, Lord, you are showing up in this place. You are showing up in the lives of your people. And Come on, you might bless you, partake of the table of the Lord this morning the Bible says in the night in which he was betrayed he took the bread and when he had broken it he gave thanks and he says take eat this is my body which is broken for you this drew in remembrance of me in the same manner he took the cup and when he had supped, saying this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood as often as you eat it and drink to show the lord's day till he comes amen and so this morning i want you as you prepare to partake of the emblems this morning pray that you would experience the power and the grace the anointing of god upon your life where you experience his supernatural favor over your life in every very in every area let us bow our heads together father i thank you that you are god and that there is no one like you So I pray, O God, that even as we prepare to partake of these emblems, bless this cup, bless this bread. I pray, O God, that healing is coming into the lives of your people. Father, the homes that are trusting you for a financial breakthrough, just for peace, just for strength, they may be trusting you for a loved one or for a family member. God answer their prayers. As we partake of this emblems today, we say, "Lord, you speak." I pray for those that may have been feeling a season of dryness and it felt like the Lord is not speaking over their lives. I pray that the the famine will be over. That I pray again, they will hear the voice of the Lord with clarity. So have your way, Lord, in Jesus name. see the table and then we'll partake of it together. stand here justified we stand here sanctified we stand here oh God washed by the blood of Jesus not in our own strength not in our own ability but by the grace of the Lord so we thank you for your sons and your daughters that today Lord there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ that Lord we can ask for your forgiveness and you forgive that you heal you transform you change lives. So God be real to us. You be the God of our salvation. The God of our strength. And so even O oh God as we continue. Lord as your people will partake of these emblems. Whatever the obstacles that are standing in their way. Over their lives. Over their hopes, Over their careers. Over their business. I pray O oh God may there be divine. Divine intervention. The divine providence of God will show up on their behalf. I pray for power, for presence, for grace, and your glory to be manifest in their lives. I pray that their homes will be filled with the peace and the love and the joy of the Lord. Bless them now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may partake of the emblems. We believe that the entrance of your word brings light and life. So even as we hear the words of truth, O oh God, may there be a transformation in our hearts and our lives. May there just be, O oh God, an illumination, and an enlightenment O oh God that we will receive all that you have in store for us. So we bless your people today. Bless your word into our heart and speak, Lord, for we are your servants here. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks to worship team. Sunday school maybe Amen. Uh, Amen. 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 you blessed. Amen. It's good to see all of you. You can pass your cups down to the left-hand left side of the room. Your left, my right, right? Amen. And we'll oh, side of the room. Amen. Amen. you blessed. Amen. Amen. And I know we changed the seating around, so for those that got used to the past few years of having a particular chair. Uh, and your chair may have moved, amen? But it didn't, it didn't mean that the anointing moved, just the chair moved, amen? And so we're glad that you are here, amen? Uh, we kind of marked it out that there still be uh, some social distancing between us, but if you're a family, you can sit together, amen? Uh, we're doing everything else together we not be breathing on each other. So, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine when to we're together. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. So let us go into the word of the Lord. I just want just to share with you just a few thoughts from the book of First Samuel chapter 13. There was, a, I think there's just a, a few very important thoughts I want to share. And I believe this is something about us understanding how to hear the voice of the Lord more clearly and how to un- understand timing. Amen? Uh, this is one of the most important things, uh, even in, in, in the scriptures and even in the body of Christ, is for us to learn how to understand timing. Amen? Because many of us miss the timing of the Lord. And in missing the timing of the Lord, we miss many things that the Lord has in store for us. So first, uh, first Samuel chapter 13, Pastor Marky he shared last week, and if you didn't listen to it, go on the YouTube or on Facebook, you listen to it. She spoke about that the enemy's plan to disarm the church. And she spoke about how the nation of Israel will find themselves in a battle, but without weapons. Only Saul and Jonathan would have weapons and the rest of the soldiers would have none. And and, and it brought to light to me, the question is where did the weapons go? Where did they leave it? Where did they lose it? Amen. Where, where is that anointing? Where have you lost the anointing? Where did you leave the anointing? That will help you in the day of trouble, in the day of battle, amen? And sometimes some of us have left down our swords. Now, uh, you know, that grew up in church for a long time. You know that your, your word, your Bible is the sword, amen? And some of you have lost your physical swords. In some homes, there's no salt. Amen? I pray that you will find your sword. Amen? I think this is important because we live in an age and in a time where there is a battle waging all the time. And we need to be able to know how to engage in the midst of a fight. Amen? And uh, there is a a great battle for the souls of men and women. If, If ever before we have seen it, we are seeing it today. There's a battle that is waging for the souls, the spirits of men and women. The enemy is really out on on all forces, amen, seeking whom he may devour. Amen. And I wanna just share with you some thoughts today uh, on us learning how to stand. Now I I have entitled the sermon I think a few times in my head and I and I wanna maybe just change it a little bit for us today. I wanted to say stop, look, listen, do Right? Yeah. Stop, look, listen, do. Now the problem is many of us are doing without stopping, yeah. without listening, yeah. without, without looking, without paying attention. Mm-hmm. Amen? We are, not li- uh, we are building and we are busy building but we are not building upon the, the foundation which is Christ. Mm-hmm. We are busy building but we are not building on uh, understanding who God is. And what God has installed for us. So this is a very, very important part that we have to build on Christ Jesus. Amen? Who is our rock and our fortress. So, so let's go to, to 1 Samuel chapter 13. And I'm just going to read a portion of scripture we're going to use as our departure. Verse 13. So 1 Samuel 13, verse 13. And the scripture says, you have done a foolish thing. Samuel says to Saul, you have not kept the command of the Lord your God has given you. And if you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. And the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler over his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Amen? Samuel is admonishing or admonishing Saul and is saying you have done a foolish thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What is the thing that you have done that is not in accordance to the will of the Lord? What is the thing that you have touched that you should not have touched? What is the thing that you have done that has now caused your, your family to be cut off from the blessings of the Lord. The, the Bible says, when Samuel spoke to Saul, he said to him, the thing that you have done has caused the, the, the throne to be taken away from you and your household. It meant that if, if Saul would have obeyed the word of the Lord, if Saul would have done what God told him to do, then his family would have sat upon the throne
1: for all times.
0: But God said to him, because you have done this foolish thing, I've removed it. And God says, I have sought out a man after my own heart and appointed him ruler. Now there's some, some lessons in this, in this uh, portion of scripture that I want you to take because I feel that in the day and age that we are living in, many people are just doing their own thing. And we are violating spiritual principles we are violating spiritual commands and we think we are doing the right thing, but we are not anointed to touch certain things. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. And we're wondering why we are cut off from the blessings of the Lord. It may have seemed like it is a small thing. It may have seemed that it was, he had the right intentions on what he was doing, but he was doing the wrong things. Your, your your motive may be right, but, and or your intentions may be right, You may be sincere in what you are doing, but you're sincerely wrong. I want you to to, to understand this because it was a costly price that he paid for a choice that he made. Mm -hmm. That means I want you to understand that every choice you make has consequences. And every consequence can either lead you to coming into the fullness of all God that has for you, or you to walk and miss out your destiny. Amen. So God has got great things in store for us. Now, when we look at at, at 1 Samuel chapter 11 and 1 Samuel chapter 12, in 1 Samuel chapter 12, we we introduce to to Samuel and Samuel introduces himself to the nation of Israel. And he he goes on in verses 2 and and, and he says, you know, I've done everything. I've I've served God in my day. I've served God in my season. And then he comes in and he says, now as for me, I'm old and great. And my sons are here with you. I have been a leader. I've been your leader from my youth until this day. And here I stand. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? Whom have I accepted a bribe to make my eyes shut? To shut my eyes if I have done any of these things I will make it right and the people responded and says you've not cheated or oppressed us you have not taken anything from anyone anyone's hand and then then he says the Lord is the witness and you are witnesses to this today why is it so important for, for Samuel Samuel has, has served Israel he said from his youth, he served Israel for a long time. And he's earned the, the opportunity to stand before them and say to them, it's been a long time. And in this time, can any of you witness against me? And he says, have I taken anything from you? Now he's talking in the language that they understand because they, 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 they had oxen and they had donkeys. And, and But he goes on, he says, have I cheated? Have I oppressed anybody? He even goes on, he says, have I accepted a bribe from you? He says, so that I can shut my eyes to the sin that you are doing. Now, this is a a question that every leader, every person has to ask themselves. In your life, have you sometimes closed your eyes (laughs) to the sin that people are doing just because they've given you some money? Every leader has to ask that question. And we, uh, 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 is the person's tithe offering more important than their soul?
1: You've
0: got to ask that question. And and he came in and he says, you know, I, I've lived right. I've told you what was right and wrong. Now you must remember the leader's responsibility is to tell you what is right and wrong. You to make the choice. That means that the leader sees something wrong, all he can do is tell you. All you have to do is then the responsibility shifts to you to be able to handle it. So he comes in and he says all of this, and he says, now any of you stand up and you can witness. Now that's a powerful statement, right? If you go into public and you say, "Okay, anyone got an accusation against me, stand. Now I want you to understand that Samuel was not without accusations, but he stood the test of time, enough for their people to, to realize People may have murmured, people may have spoken, people may have said something, but the reality, the evidence is that time showed that none of, none of the accusations stood. And he was able to come, and I pray that even God will raise up leaders, even in this day, we will be able to stand, whether we are leaders in, in the kingdom or leaders even in government, leaders even in, in, in the workplace, we will be able to stand and say, have I done anything? against you? Have I cheated? Have I oppressed? Yes, people have opinions, but can they? Is there any evidence yeah. to substantiate what he's saying? Amen? So he comes in, and why was this so important? Samuel was saying to them, i maintained integrity. my religion. But he's saying to you, as a nation, he comes in in, in in the following verses, and he says, as a nation, you have all time and time again turned against God. He says, God has done good things for you. Brought you out of Egypt. sent Moses brought you out of Egypt. Brings you into the the promised land, and yet you turn against God. Mm -hmm. And every time they turned against God, God handed them over to the enemy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, this is something that is important. When we fail to follow the instructions of the Lord, history will keep repeating itself in your life. When you fail to do what God tells you to do, to follow his instructions and to follow it to the detail, that means not just what suits you, follow every part of it, you will see that history will, will, will not repeat itself and it will be broken off over your life. That means there's sometimes there's cycles of events that continue taking place in our lives. And the reason the cycle of events continue taking place in our lives is because we are not doing the things that God told us. And we are doing our own thing, okay? So he comes in and he says to them, follow the instruction. And he speaks about how God handed them over to the Philistines, how God handed them over to the Syrians. And he says, because you took on their gods and you took on their worship, then you were handed over to to them for rulership. And then you cried. And you came before God and how God brought you and delivered you out of the hand of the enemy. So it's not God's desire for you to, to hand you over. But the reality is that it is your choices that opens a doorway for the enemy to have access. I was speaking to Pastor Margie the other day and we were, I was sharing on something that the Lord was speaking about the, to me about the systems of Babylon and how Babylon is a system and not just a demonic a, a, attack. And I said, you know, sometimes systems are harder to deal with than just a, a normal attack. Because systems means it's come institutionalized. And I said, nothing can have access to your life that you don't allow.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And nothing can be broken over your life till you break. Amen. Hear me? That means if you've given access, you've got to close the door. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to understand the things that you've given access into your life but you don't only give it in access into your life but you give it access into your lineage there are some things that we as parents and some things our parents have done and our grandparents have done that given the enemy access into our lives and sometimes the bible says the sins of the fathers are visited unto the third and the fourth generation that means it may skip a generation I said it, I said this on Wednesday. I said there, there, there may be sometimes there may be things whether it, 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 it be alcoholism, whether it be anger, whether uh, 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 whether it, it just be infidelity. It may have had an access point somewhere in the lineage. There was a door that was open. Mm-hmm. Can I be real with you for a little while? Yeah. So there's sometimes there's certain things that I cannot touch. It will become a stronghold in my life because it's a stronghold in our lineage. Mm-hmm. My, my, my grandfather was an alcoholic, My, you know, just a violent person. There was things that my father had to fight in his life, things I had to fight in my life that I know that those are not things that I need to touch. The moment I touch it, I just go too deeply. There are some things you need to understand. There are access points into your life and you need to know what you're fighting. Mm -hmm. There are things that can be broken so that the next generation doesn't have to deal with it. But the more you allow it access into your life, because there's only so much that you can say, you do what I tell you to do and don't do what I do. Mm -hmm. There comes a moment when the, the enemy has an access point into our lives and he got a foothold into our lives, and we got to be able to fight on that level. Mm-hmm. So that means your prayer life may be more for God deliver me from evil, evil of being angry, evil of addictions, whatever. The Lord deliver me from that. For somebody else, and maybe God give me a, a positive mind and give me a positive outlook. We're just a generally a negative people. We're just not a people that is happy. You know, sometimes some people are just suspicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people are just suspicious. They don't trust nobody. <laughs> it, it, it's a stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. You can never receive anybody because you're wondering, okay, what do you want? Hey, you, you look. No, no, what you want? No, no, nothing. I just mean. That. You, you, you understand? Yeah. Generally, suspicious people. You got to identify what that stronghold is. So, 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 so. so Samuel is coming to the nation of Israel and he's saying there are strongholds in the nation of Israel and you continuously behave in a certain way. That means you go through this and then you go to, uh, you give it over to your enemy and then you repent and then you do it again. How many believers we know in the church are like that? When things are tough, we come and cry before the Lord. we church every week, we trust trusting God. Can't you do this? Can't you believe it, me? We name it, and we claim it, we confess it, and declare it, and all of those things. And then when you get what you have been praying for, the next thing, you don't see me. Where are you going? Oh, no, 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 we're okay, Pastor. He <laughs> not see you in church. No, 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 no. we're coming. <laughs> Christmas is coming. New Year is coming. Easter is coming. you know, But you're not coming. Till the next time, then go back. pastor, ah, things are hard, things are difficult. I pray that the Lord will keep us. We operate like the children of Israel. So he's talking to them and he's saying to them, you have done this over and over again, against God. Samuel the prophet is speaking to the people and he's saying to them, you are treating God like a toy. You're treating God like somebody that when you need him, you call on him. And then other times you'll make your own decisions. Let's be careful about it. Then he comes in in, 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 in 1 Samuel chapter 13. So this is the backdrop. Because I want you to understand, how come do they find themselves without weapons? Yeah. How can an army not have weapons? Yeah. Is it, I mean, yes, in a time of war, you may not be carrying your weapon. You know, in a time of, uh, of peace, you may not be carrying your weapon, but you've got your weapon.
1: Yeah.
0: How is 3,000 men without weapons? What disarmed them? The thing that disarmed them is that the the continuous, callous way yeah. that they treated the Lord. Yeah. That's what Samuel is saying to them. He's saying to them, the way you have treated God is like when you need him, you must just show up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How many of you like parents like it when your children only come to you when they need you or they want something? Mm-hmm. But when things are good, they, you don't hear from them, you don't see them, you don't. Go, I get upset when someone says, "Oh, you, you forgot about me." I say, "Yeah, you forgot about me." <laughs> oh, when does she spoke to me? When does she spoke to me? Too? <laughs> should it only be one way? Yeah. Yeah. It should be mutual, right? Yeah. So he's coming to that place where he's, he's saying to them. But he comes in and he says, "Now you you've antagonized the Philistines again." And in chapter thirteen, the the children of Israel they find themselves in a war. Against the Palestinians, the only three thousand men—that is, in the Israelite army—and the—and the—and the Philistine army has thousands of men. And and the Bible says in verse six of chapter thirteen. And the Israelites saw their situation was critical, and that the army had was hard pressed, and and hid in the caves and in the thickets, amongst the rocks and in the uh, pits and in the systems. And some. Hebrews, even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. And Samuel remained in Gilgal, and all the troops were with him, were quaking in fear. Amen? What changed amongst the children of Israel? uh, You know, where's the time when they went into battle, and they were victorious in battle? How they came and, and overcame Jericho? How they overcame the different tribe the people the nations that occupied the land of Canaan and how God gave them victory over them but why are they quaking with fear this time yes you could say it's a large number of the Philistines but the numbers shouldn't matter because with, with, with 300 men Gideon saw, saw a great victory against the Midianites so how why is the numbers worrying them this time because this time they're afraid that God is not with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. The difference in the battle is what Samuel is saying to them. He's saying to them, this time you've walked away from the things of God and you're coming into something that you can't fight alone. Mm-hmm. Some of us take for granted our walk with God. Mm-hmm. Some of us take for granted our, our, our trusting God. And we're going to get ourselves into a battle that we can't get ourselves out of because we don't have God with us. This is the chapter, And then in the midst of it, the Bible says, and, 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 and Saul waited seven days, and, and the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. And so he said, bring me the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered burnt offerings, and just as he finished making the offerings, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. And Samuel said, ask Saul, what have you done? I want you to see that, 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 that Saul is in is knowing he's going into battle. He knows there's no weapons in the camp. He knows the, 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 the enemy is outnumbering them. And he comes into the place where he's saying, now I'm entering into this battle. How am I going to fight it? And then he comes in there and he says, okay, I'm, uh, Samuel was supposed to come by now. And the people are losing faith. And I need to do something so that to encourage the people. And so what he does is he goes and offers burnt offerings. I want you to understand, do not touch what you are not assigned to touch. Don't do what you're not allowed to do. He's the king over Israel, but he's not the priest or the prophet or the man of God to go and offer as sacrifices on the altar of God. There are sometimes there are people that are going and touching things in the house of God, in the in the body of Christ that they are not assigned to do. Be careful. Right now, we've got a whole breed of, of, of rebellious people. People that are operate, operating like Korah and Abinadab, and they're offering like those that will offer strange fire to the Lord. There are those that are going around praying for people that they're not supposed to be. Amen. I want you to understand, be careful about just allowing anybody to come and pray for you. Enter your home and pray for you. You may be in crisis, but just don't let anybody be offering, offering prayers in, on your behalf because the spirit that is on them yeah. can get released over your life and in your home. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Want Because I'm seeing people breaking life. Right. I'm seeing people doing things that they're not assigned to do. If you're not anointed for something, yes, you're in the church. But are you anointed to do for that assignment? Yeah. Have you been set apart for that assignment? If you're not, and if you're not doing it under covering, because the next time someone wants to come and pray for you, who are you? Where are you from? Yeah. Who sent you? Where are you fellowship? Yeah. Do they know you're doing what you're doing? Amen? When Jesus, he said, he, he called the 70, he laid hands on them, he blessed them, and he sent them out. If you're not being released like that, then don't go out. You're going out on your own, and you'll end up like the sons of Sceva. You know the seven sons of Sceva? They they, 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 they they went to cast out demon spirits, and they said, I adjure you in the name of, of, of Jesus whom Paul speaks about. And the demon spirit says, yeah, Paul, I know. Jesus I know, who are you, some of you are going to be running around naked, <laughs> and not necessarily naked, that means without clothes, you're going to be exposed, yeah, yeah. Come on. and some of you are going to carry the same spirits of the house where you were casting out to your house, Amen. and then you're going to start to understand, it. you know, like the Indian people say, you're going to have a lot of Tamasha, a lot of problems. In your house, why? Because you're bringing something in. You're allowing access points into your life. Don't touch this. Amen. Gone are the days of prophets for profit. People that are coming to you and saying, "We pray for you for an offering." Amen. That spirit of Balaam has to die. The spirit of nicolations has to die. The spirit of mixture in the house of God must die. Amen. If you go, you go to release a blessing. You go on assignment. You feel a need to go, you, you, there's nothing wrong with your form me and say, Pastor, pray with me. I'm going to just be a blessing to somebody. Encourage them in the name of the Lord. Amen. The Bible says we should be men and women that are in authority and under authority. Mm-hmm. The one thing that the, in the supernatural and the angelic, manner, uh, uh, the angelic uh, you know, realm understands is <coughs> spiritual authority. You know what the Bible says? After you cast out the spirit, the spirit will leave and go into a dry place. And after many days, it will return. Because remember, when you, when you clean out the house, and when you cast out the spirit, you clean out the house. But if the house is not filled with the spirit of the Lord, the enemy will come in. And if it sees it unoccupied, it will come back again. And what the Bible says is when the evil spirit leaves, it goes and it brings seven others worse than it. Hey, the the, the evil dimension understands submission. The church battles with submission because the Bible says that evil spirit that leaves goes and finds seven others worse than it. That means it's saying I'm prepared to submit to something stronger than me so that I can accomplish and take some territory. So don't rejoice just because the evil spirit left. You've got to clean the house and fill the house so that the enemy doesn't come. When the enemy comes in, their place is occupied. No empty space. No space for the enemy to come in. Because the Bible says you've become seven times worse. So, so that's why we sometimes get people that get saved and they give their house to the Lord and they are delivered from whatever has been holding them and, 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 and delivered and, and restored completely. But after a while, you start to see the same person going back into what they were doing, but they worse. Why? Yes, the house was clean, but the house was not filled. So now seven others worse. Mm-hmm. Don't don't play games. Yeah. Stop. Look. Listen. Mm-hmm. Do. What, what, what did Philippians say? He says, that which you have seen me do, Heard. listen to me, he's say, saying, seen in my life. He said, Do those things. Yeah. You've got to learn how to uh, is, uh, when, when when Samuel comes to Saul, he's saying to, to Saul, Why have what have you done? He says to Saul, he says, what what have you done? It's not your place. Yes, I want you to understand you you cannot keep people that want to leave your life. Saul couldn't keep those men, no matter how much he wanted to. Saul even replied, and he says, the men were scattering, and the Philistines were going to come and fight us, and you didn't come on time. So therefore, I did what I needed to do. Your desperation does not mean it is God is desperate. You've got to understand the timing of the Lord. That that means nothing would have happened to Israel as long as Samuel said, I'm coming, wait for me. You wait on the Lord. How long, pastor? As long as it takes, you wait upon the Lord. You don't make a move if God didn't tell you, make a move. If you make a move on your own, you've got to fulfill the sec- the consequences of it. Yeah. So, this is what has happened. Samuel begins to, to tell to Saul, he says, You what have you done? He goes on and he says, He says, You've done a foolish thing. Mm. You've done a foolish thing. He says, if you were disobedient to the word of the Lord, your kingdom and your lineage and your family would have enjoyed be sitting on the throne over Israel. what is there that is a spiritual inheritance to you and to your household that you are missing out because you are acting impulsively. you are acting prematurely. Saul jumped the gun. it may have, it's a seven day but you wait till the man of God comes because he said he's coming. Wait till the answer comes from the heaven because it surely comes. Yeah. Because the Bible says if I call upon him, he will hear and he will answer. Amen. He says he will show me great and mighty things. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to jump bigger. Why? The price is too much. The losses will outweigh the current challenges. Some of us are making making permanent decisions over temporary uh, making permanent solutions over temporary situations. You've got to look at it. You see, he goes to offer sacrifices to try and keep people. Don't, don't try to keep those that are trying to leave. Tricks, gimmicks, bribes, is not what's going to, going to keep people. You can't give sweets and lollipops, ice cream mm-hmm. and cake and keep people. They gotta kind of want to stay because they got they understand that their destiny is locked with you. Yeah. You can't have people fighting in a battle with you who doesn't want to be there
1: yeah.
0: because at the first sign, at the first sign of difficulty, they gonna run. Yes. Yeah. You want to have people there that will stand with. Yeah. you. In your life, in your relationships, in the kind of choices that you are making, don't just choose people that are gonna be there for the good times. I can tell you there's going to be more hard times than good times. You're choosing to spend the rest of your life, no, this one looks beautiful faster. Hey. Beautiful. <laughs> but wait for the problems. Beauty is out the door. I want you to know something. And you go and check it out. Sometimes the, the thing that attracts you to people is the same thing that will repel you. There are things that you have to think deeply about. Don't don't just think for the moment. I Pastor, you don't understand I'm Young. want to live my life. Don't forget, we were young too. The same things you saying, we say. Nothing new. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. Maybe you've got a cell phone and you've got a you've got a Facebook presence. <laughs> you've got a social media presence. But there's nothing new around the sun. We were known in the neighborhood. Yeah. That was the old test, the old type of Facebook. <laughs> so when you got in a fight, you say, you know me, you know me, yeah. How, why you said that? Because you were known in the, you know, in the Facebook place. You were known in the community, right? But the reality is, what are you bringing? Don't make decisions based on feelings only. Saul, because he saw the people leaving, he needed people to fight with him. He made a decision. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. The sons of Issachar, the Bible says had an understanding of the times. Don't miss out your timing, amen? But you know what is the, the scariest part of this whole thing? Look at what Samuel said, and we know some things about Samuel. Samuel, the Bible says, whatever the word that Samuel spoke, none of his words fell to the ground all the days of his life. That means as a prophet, whatever he spoke happened, right? And he speaks to to Saul and he tells him, he says, now your kingdom will not endure. God has chosen another to take your place, right? Saul knows that he's not God's chosen anymore. But he still goes to fight as a king over Israel. The biggest problem is when people try to carry out like they're still anointed, yet the anointing and the grace has left them. And they got all of he's, he's still king over Israel. He's still giving instructions, but he doesn't disclose. The prophetic word that was spoken over his life. God has cut you off. God has now chosen another in your place. And, and, and look at what it says. He says, he has chosen a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler over his people. That means he's saying there's somebody else. You are sitting illegitimately. From that moment, Samuel declared that word, Saul was an illegitimate leader. There are some people that are illegitimately operating and it seems like they got the title, and they got the outfit, and they got the style, and they got the charisma, but there's no power. They, 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 they can know what to do. And like Samson, they're getting up like they got up before. But there's no power and no anointing to break the yoke of bondage. And I'm here to say to you, there are some people That the glory of God has departed from their life. Be discerning. When the glory of God has departed from their life, don't follow someone who's not. When the men were leaving him, Saul ends up with 600 men. I wondered why he ended up. He had 3,000. Now he's ended up with 600. Because I believe something in the hearts of the men said, God's not with us. When people start leaving you, don't ask why they're leaving you. Ask yourself. Amen? Time is gonna challenge everything. I want you to know, is it possible for us to still keep doing what we were doing before without the glory, without the power, without the presence of God? Remember there was a stage when, when, the, when, when, when they took they took the ark of, the, of God into battle, the sons of Eli, and the ark was taken into the Philistine camp. but the tabernacle was still in Gibeon and they were offering sacrifices they were offering worship and praise but where was the priest pouring the blood because the blood had to be poured on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant which is in the Holies of Holies. The Holies of Holies were sitting empty but they were still doing the sacrifices in the outer court. Just because there's a lot of noise, Mm -hmm.
1: because there's a lot
0: of people, just because they're jumping and they're clapping doesn't mean their presence is there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's possible to function with a, with um, with with an anointing that was once there. You know how to act. You know how to turn things up. You know how to, to orchestrate the meeting. So that people will be excited. But there's no power. There's no evidence of presence. Mm -hmm. Oh Lord, keep us. Mm -hmm. And we never get so big. That Lord, we think we can do it without you. Mm -hmm. Lord, if you're doing anything in this season, don't do it without me. -hmm. I'm saying to you today, stop, look, listen. Mm -hmm. Don't touch the things that you're not supposed to do. As a church I warn you be careful be careful don't allow your family to be cut off from that which God has in store for you just because of your attitude just because of the things that you touch Father we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus we honor you Lord we bless you we do not want to lose another generation. We do not want to lose another group of people. We do not want to miss out on that which you have for us. Father that there won't be just empty gestures and empty vessels. But there will be people that will bring honor and praise to our God. Lord we love you with everything that is inside of me. All that we are, all that we have we give to you. So Lord, have your way in us. each household and family. Pray for each individual that is in this place. We would not take our salvation for granted. We won't take the hand of the Lord that is upon us for granted. So Lord, cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of my salvation. O God, anoint me for this season. Anoint your sons and daughters for this journey, for this time, for this season. May you put a word in their mouth. May they be encouragers. May they be builders. May they be restorers of the breaches. I pray you anointed them and called them for this season and for this time. May they be, O God, a builder of the family name. O God, may they lift you up, O God, wherever they are, in their schools, in their universities. Oh God, even if God and their jobs and the workplaces, in their business, in their neighborhood, let them lift you up, oh God. You be lifted up, Lord. You be lifted up. You will draw all men to yourself. Bless your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. You love them for an everlasting love. So God, help us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.